North Organic CBD is a new sponsor of Holding Court. I love their CBD gummies. They come in two delicious flavors, strawberry lemonade and green apple. I've had them both, both amazing. One a day and you're totally okay. I like to stay active. I like to keep playing tennis. I like to get in the gym. That's why I love North Organic CBD. Their products are made in the USA. They're high quality. They're specially formulated, broad spectrum, organic CBD products for everyday adventurers. Don't forget about the very popular CBD salve from North Organics. Immediate relief of any physical pain. I use it daily for my sore shoulders, sore knees, hips, you name it. It works wonders. Go to NorthOrganicCBD.com and enter Patrick20, that's Patrick20, for 20% off your order. This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Patrick serves up the absolute best of tennis, the intersection of sports and politics, and mental health in sports. Here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, welcome everyone. Another edition of Holding Court. And um, this is big for me because I've got my backdrop here for the first time. And my first guest with the backdrop is my great friend, the one and only Mary Jo Fernandez, who just spent a couple weeks with me in the beautiful hotel in Bristol, Connecticut. (laughs) Uh, I had BG on uh, a, a couple of days ago, Mary Jo, to go over the tournament on the men's side. And I thought, you know what? This has got to happen with my new backdrop. What do you think? Pretty stylish, right? I think it looks amazing. <laughs> very, very professional. You are, you know, you are always Miss Positive. That's why I love you so much. Um, <laughs> those of you who know Mary Jo obviously know her for many years as a fellow commentator with me at ESPN. She also happened to be a hell of a tennis player back in her day as well. Uh, many of you obviously know about that as well. But I really want to have her come on, talk a little women's tennis specifically. We could talk a little men's too if you want. But just uh, sort of recap what we saw at the Australian Open. I mean, it was a tremendous final, which you called live in the middle of the night here in beautiful Bristol, Connecticut, uh, between Sabalenka and Rebekina. Great match. And fine. I'm just amazed, Mary Jo, at how she would, Sabalenka was able to turn it around from what we saw a year ago when she literally couldn't put the serve in the box and and then she comes out this year and and wins the tournament it was a hell of an effort i don't think we've given her enough credit i mean i'm still shaking my head because seriously a year ago she was averaging 15 16 double faults per match we all were thinking hey she should take some time off she should regroup figure out the serve the yips uh she didn't do that she actually played through it uh won matches despite all those double faults and somehow in the summer started to figure it out she says she she tweaked a lot of things. I got to be honest with you. When I look at her serve, I don't see a ton of difference in her motion. Maybe her elbow's a little bit higher. The toss is in a better place, and she's kicking the ball more than she used to. But it's not like she did something dramatically drastic. Um, and here she is with a new attitude, much more positive. And to me, it was incredible. She only lost the one set in the final. And the emotions, the way that she now composes herself and doesn't get too ahead of herself when things are going well or too down if things aren't going well, was really impressive. I felt, Patrick, that if she could get through and win this Australian Open, I feel like she's now going to win a lot more. Like, I feel now the doors have opened for her. The the stress is gone, uh, the pressure she used to put on herself, that with her kind of game, the easy power that she has, 
Um, she's not bad at the net. And now with her serve under control, there's no reason why she can't, you know, win more grand slams. Well, she see, she seemed to found have found that right balance, right? Between being obviously the player that's always had a lot of power, learning how to corral it a little bit. But you're right. I mean, a lot of times we've seen players struggle with that serve and they sort of change the motion. They go to maybe the half serve or we have to remember our good buddy Jay Berger. Remember him yeah. who went to the half serve, you know, Pat Rafter had that abbreviated motion, Andy Roddick, they were great servers, but a lot of times you've seen particularly women players that have struggled with it really tinker with the motion. And I give her a lot of credit because, you know, she, she stayed the course. She, she finally, what she admitted during this year's Australian Open, you know, she went to someone to actually help. Because a mm -hmm. lot of times it's so mental yep. that you think, oh, I don't want to give it too much attention because then it becomes more mental. And I'm, I, 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 I was really in, in pleased to see it. Yeah. No, it's super impressive. I mean, when, when I think back at all the players that had the yips on the women's side, I don't think of anyone that came out of it that really ever got back to being really, really good, whether it was Kornikova or Sabatini or Dementieva, uh, Ivanovic, they never quite got it back. Like they, they it was always there. You're always, you know, in the back of your mind thinking, Oh, when are the double faults going to show up? And not only are her double faults less now, Patrick, but now she's acing, you know, the, the women more. So she really like did a 360. I mean, it was a complete turnaround for her. Um, I was really happy to see it because I feel like she works really, really hard and she wants it so badly. Uh, so I'm excited because I feel like now we're going to have maybe a good rivalry there with Rybakini, who also was very impressive, uh, but maybe against Iga Sviantek now. You know, the right. one By the way, so, yeah, since we're not on ESPN and we're not we're not stressing about the names, you know, because right. we like Ribic <laughs> I think I already said it wrong. Rybakina, <laughs> Rybakina. Uh, I mean, we the Wimbledon go, champ from last the, year. Yeah, the Wimbledon champ. That's another story. We got we got to get into that too. What they're going to do there, but. Um, one thing you said, I, f I think, is already, I mean, very th interesting, but I want to follow up on. But but first, before I follow up on this, the Sabalenka, because you said you think she can win multiple. We've yeah. seen that before with other players. It hasn't happened. That's what I want to ask you. But mm -hmm. have you recovered from the overnights? Because it took me, I mean, even though we didn't go to Australia, we were oh, sort it was of brutal. up. I mean, what, did you have a hard time with it, just going home? Such a hard time. Such a hard time. I'm just starting to sleep seven, eight hours in a row the last couple of nights. Wow. But for the most part, that first week, um, Brad Gilbert was writing me in the morning saying, did you sleep? Did you sleep? Well, he I'm does like, that. He does that anyway. Nine to, yeah. Nine to 12 and then up 12 to six. So it was tough. Um, I'm not sure that it's worse than coming back from Australia, but it's, it's still pretty bad. Well, we definitely, just so everybody knows that there are my holding court fans and fans of Mary Jo, we would much prefer to be in Australia. Yes. Of course, that was not our decision. We heard from all you fans uh, how unhappy you were about some of our coverage. We, we get it, but at the same time, here's what I say to people. At least Mary, we get to do it. That's, well, we that's, get to do it. It's we, better than we, not you, doing it You at get all. to see it. Uh, we understand that plus, you know, pissed a lot of people off going to ESPN plus, but look, if, if the ratings, if the numbers for the Australian Open were through the roof in the past, that wouldn't have happened. Correct. So this is, you know, this is just the way it is. So we've got to accept it. Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, of course, will be there full on like we always are. All right, let me ask you about Sabalenka because, I mean, we've seen this before with some other players. Ostapenko being one who actually had a pretty good run mm -hmm. um, during the Australian Open, you know, winning a major. And, oh, she's going to win multiple majors. You know, a, a different, different players, it, it's happened. Yeah. 
why do you think it's different with Sabalenka? Let me start with that. I guess because she has so many weapons. Um, I think she's such a good athlete. She she can defend if she needs to. Um, but I just feel like she can hurt you from so many different places. And, you know, even the few times she didn't get broken that many times during the Australian Open, when she would get broken, you had faith that she could break back because she's got such a big return. Uh, so I just think that now it was more mental for her uh, to be able to break through. And now that she's broken through, it kind of, I kind of think of her as maybe the new Iman Lendl. Like finally hmm. when he broke through beating your brother at the French, yep. you know, it kind of like settled him. And I think she can do that. She obviously is going to have a lot of competition and, and we'll see, cause you're right. There's been so many women that have won that first major and have fallen uh, away or haven't been able to follow up consistently. Um, but I, I'm thinking that she's going to be able to do it. I, I, I don't know. I, ha- I have a feeling about her. All right. Before we get into some of the American uh, performances, I want, let's ask, let me ask you about Iga Sriantek, the top mm-hmm. player. And, uh, you know, obviously she's won multiple majors now. I love her athleticism. She lost mm-hmm. to Rabakina down at the Australian Open. She actually got kind of just over, over, out, overpowered, really, yep. in that match. But what do you see for her? Because I think – I mean, I still think – I mean, she's a huge favorite again with the French Open started tomorrow, no doubt about it. She's such a great athlete. But, I mean, so many points to defend for her. She had the sunshine double. You know, she went on that incredible tear. So she's looked a little bit vulnerable, yeah. I would say, at times. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned that maybe with all those points looming, that could – you know, because it's going to be hard for her to – even if she plays well, to defend them. That's so true. Um, but she definitely set herself apart last year. She was the one player that did back up week after week her results. She won the two majors. She won, I think, eight tournaments last year. And she had that streak that you're talking about uh, in the beginning of the year where she won, I think, like 37 matches in a row, six wins. So I don't know. I, am I concerned about her? Maybe a little bit. Um, I guess I don't like when I see her crying after she loses, uh, when she lost to Jessica Pagula, at the United cup, she broke down a bit. Um, I feel she definitely feels the pressure and she expects herself to win every single time, but I still feel like she's so good. And she's like, you said, so athletic. Um, she defends aggressively kind of like Djokovic and you know, she's, she's consistent for the most part, but there's still a, a hint of that vulnerability that, yeah, she can, she can lose. She can go off the rails and, and start missing forehands with that extreme grip and, and get a little flustered. But I would still put her as the one to beat just because she's won so much, and especially on the clay. I think uh, with that big, you know, heavy forehand, she has so much topspin on it. I think it's going to be tough uh, to, to take her down. But we'll see. We'll see if the nerves and, and the emotions, how she handles this second year of backing up what a phenomenal year she had last year let me throw a couple of names at you that played well down in australia belinda benchich is also playing well mm-hmm. um as we speak uh uh over in the middle east and then victoria azarenka i mean it was great to see yeah. her vika make another big run make it all the way to the semifinals. i mean she's in her in her mid early 30s right now mm-hmm. with a kid which is you know just amazing and from where she was and she had you know some issues off the court with the the father of her child, which were public. And, you know, she seems to have found um, the right place now for herself in that situation with her, with her son. Um, I thought it was a hell of a run for her to get that far. It was incredible. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that she doesn't do better week in and week out. Um, You know, whether that's the balancing act she has to do uh, being a mom and practicing and the whole thing, I'm not sure because when she's, 
good. She's so good. Uh, her backhand's one of the best. Um, she's just pinpoint two into the corners. She beat Madison Keys those last two sets super easily. And the, the match that surprised me is the one she beat over Pagula because I thought Pagula was going to go um, all the way to the final because she had been playing so well and has been so consistent. So Vika's definitely one to, to think about, especially on the hard courts. I'm not going to say on the clay. She's never played great on the clay. But on the hard courts, there's no reason why she shouldn't be in, in the latter stages of, of tournaments. I think Bencic is one to look out for this year. I think she started the year very, very well, winning a title. She looks more focused. She looks fitter. Um, I think she's in the Middle East right now, still going strong. So something's clicked for her, uh, in my opinion, um, that's going to serve her well this year. But yeah, other than Azarenka, I mean, Pagula, I actually just saw her practice a few days ago. She hits the ball, Patrick, so cleanly. She takes yep. it so early. Very hard to push her off the baseline. Um, if there's one weakness, it's the second serve. I think if, she, if that can improve a little bit, um, she's going to be tough. She's going to be tough this year for sure. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into the Americans a little bit because Pagula, you know, as, as you said, has been remarkable. I actually picked her to win the tournament. She mm -hmm. had a good tournament. She did well. Um, Coco Goff obviously is sort of – you know, not, I mean, she's knocking on the door a little bit. You know, she made that one final at the French. I still think that it's, she's a work in progress. I mean, she's still a teenager. Yeah. There's still a few things that I think need to improve, but let's start with Pagula first and then go into Coco as well. I think Pagula in the last two years has been one of the most impressive, uh, you know, players that improved on the tour. I give David, um, with David, her coach, David Wick, who, who is with yeah, Venus who used for to so coach many with years. Venus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she as well is fitter, you know, she's moving better. She plays with very little margin because she hits the ball so flat, but now that she's getting to the balls earlier, she's more consistent and she, she rarely beats herself. Um, and I, I felt like at the start of the year at the United cup where she beats Sviantec, she was much more committed to being more aggressive, to attacking second serves, to getting to the net. Uh, to being a little bit more forceful. And if she continues with that game style and that mentality, she's got the base. I mean, she's got the consistency um, to be a backboard if she needs to be. But if she can now add that dimension to her game, I think we're going to see her for the rest of the year in the top five for sure. Uh, with Coco, um, I also think she's a work in progress. She's 18. There's a lot still to work on in her game. But I also feel like she's she's going in the right direction. The win she had in Auckland was some of the best tennis I've seen from her. She's working really hard on the forehand. She's working really hard on the serve. I felt the serve in Australia was way better. Very few double faults. We talked about the double right, faults with Tabalenka. Right. Coco had a little bit of that last year as well. Um, and I felt like that's something that she's corrected and she's getting the margin. She's getting the spin. Um, I still feel the forehand breaks down. So when she gets against an opponent that can really penetrate that side, it's tricky. And Ostapenko was one of those players on that day that was able to do that. Um, I still felt like Coco should have won that match somehow. Um, that's not a player that Coco should lose to. So, but that's part of the, you know, the learning curve and, and the process of figuring out, hey, if I can't win this way, how do I win with, with B or C? And she's got those options because she's so fast and she actually has variety um, she could have done a few things differently for sure, but I love her instincts. I love that she's not scared to move in. She was quite comfortable at the net and I, she was practicing nearby the other day too. And I went to watch her and she's like her serve, Patrick, it's big. I mean, when you see it live, she's got a big first serve. So if 
if she figures out how to manage and improve the forehand, if the forehand all of a sudden becomes a weapon where she serves and she can actually run around and attack with that side, it, it becomes a game changer. Like, I don't know how she loses too many matches if that starts to happen. Do, do you think that that forehand grip, though, needs to um, be altered? I mean, is that something that so she can adjust over time? Because, yeah. I mean, let, let's put it out there. Your husband, Tony Godzik, his company manages her. So I know yeah. you know a little bit about what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, whether she's got a great coach in Diego Moyano. Mm -hmm. Her parents seem to have done an outstanding job with her. Yeah. But is, is that something that you know, they're looking at like, wow, this, this could take three, you know, cause you hear it all the time. I and mean, we hear it at our Academy with certain kids, you know, they're juniors. Right. So it's not the same as being Coco Goff, you know, they need mm -hmm. to take three months off and fix their serve or their, their extreme grip on the forehand. You know, to me, I don't, you know, I'm not a coach day in day out. So I, I wouldn't know the answer to that, but what do you think? So I'm torn because I had coaches that had different philosophies. I remember Fred Stolle would say you work with what you have and you make that better. You know, especially once you're 18, 19, 20 years old, other coaches are like, no, you absolutely take the time off. You change the grip and you start again. Um, I guess for me, I feel like she's still young enough. I feel like she's still so young that right. taking six months off, eight months off wouldn't be the end of the world for her. Um, I would tweak it if it was me. I would definitely tweak it a little bit. Having said that, there are so many Western forehands out there that do just fine. So if she can find a way to get the racket head speed, you know, to trust that she can swing um, and that she could absorb pace with that grip, maybe it's a strength issue. I don't know. Um, then maybe you keep working on it the way it is, but, but it's tough because as you know, with that grip, if, if they can hit hard enough to you, you don't have the time to get underneath the ball and right. um, it becomes a problem. Mary Jo Fernandez didn't need to do anything about her strokes. Okay. Those things were as pure <laughs> as could be. I mean, just perfect. I mean, those perfect swings right through the ball, Chrissy yeah. Everett style. That's right. Uh, of course we grew up with Chrissy the wood rackets, but I, I, I was actually at our Academy the other day and we were, we were working on with our very young kids uh, working on depth and, mm -hmm. you know, they all ask them, you know, what do you need to do to get more depth? You know, so some of them have the right answer, you know, hit the ball higher, or hit with, you know, more tops and okay. But I actually had them work on actually hitting the ball like, like you hit it, you know, slowing down the racket, actually feeling the ball and, right. and understanding like when we grew up with wood racket that you had to do that. You had to. And I think, and I think, you know, over time, obviously it's changed, but people watch the pros and I think they see all the racket speed. Our kids try to do it all the time and um, half of their balls are going um, into the curtain. So I yeah. think that's important, actually an important thing to do, but interesting to hear your take on that. Okay. Um, before we get into some other topic that I want to discuss with you, I want to ask you about some of the other Americans because you know, whether it's um, Sloan Stevens, you know, Madison Keys, they've been there, Any Samova, uh, you know, who else do you see? You know, give me, give me your take on those two, those veterans. Do they have anything left? Can they make another big run? Any Samova's a little bit of a question mark to me at this point. I think she's a great ball striker, but she, see, you know, she seems a little in and out with her, with her focus. She's very streaky for sure. Um, just when you think she's going to sort of like get consistent and, and win a lot. Um, I don't know. She, she gets an injury and then the time off doesn't help her and it takes her a while to get her confidence back. So again, she's a great ball striker, but she needs to be there. She needs to be to the ball on time. And if she's a little bit slow, half a step behind, 
then she sprays the balls everywhere. So for her, I think fitness is number one. She has to be in the best shape to be able to play at her best. Um, but she should, I mean, she should be in the top 10, 15 in the world with, with the way she, she can hit the ball. Sloan has not been playing well. I, I don't know. I mean, I've always said Sloan should be a staple in the top five with right. the way that she no, moves, with the yeah. way that, yeah, that she can be aggressive with the forehand and solid off the baseline. For me, it's, I guess, more mental with her. I'm not sure why she loses so much confidence and why she can't you know, win these, these uh, early round matches. So that's a bit, bit of a, a surprise for me because I think she's so good. And then Madison, I felt like she was playing better. I felt like she had a good run um, at the United Cup and then it's a tough matchup for her against Azarenka. She, they played in the third right. round. and I don't think she's ever beaten her. I think yeah. she's 0-4 now. Correct. And part of it is that Azarenka can pick on her, you know, on her backhand, keep her on that backhand corner you know, behind the baseline and not allow her to, to use the big forehand. So it's, it's just been a tough matchup for her, but I feel like she's in a good spot and I'm waiting for her to break through at, at a major. I feel like she can still do it. It's not getting any she's easier. She's definitely though. got the ability. Yeah. She's yeah. got the talent and she's got the ability. Not getting Daniel any Collins easier. Yeah. I wanted to mention was Collins, another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, she had a few tough matches early on. Um, she took a set off for Bikina. Um, she was the only one, I guess, getting to the final, but, um, you know, she's, she's dangerous. One of the best backhands. I mean, she, when she lines up that backhand, that's a huge weapon. And then I haven't seen her play that much and I didn't see her. I believe she lost on the qualifying, but Alicia Parks is about to be in the top 50. Oh, yeah. She's 22 years old. She's had, she a, big, just she's had a big win in a, tur- in a tournament. Yeah. Over Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. So that was impressive. She won a few tournaments last year, small tournaments indoors, and it seems like she's she's coming into her own. I feel like she's learning what her strengths are, and she's playing to them much better. Um, so that was exciting to see someone with uh, again a lot of weapons, big serve, aces a lot of uh, her opponents in each match. So like the men, I mean, I think we have about ten Americans in the top fifty, more or less, um, which is good. So now the next step is you know we got to push a little more forward to get them in the top more in the top twenty and, and more in the top ten. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how it pans out for the American women over the course of the next uh, couple of months. Let's talk a little bit about the men's game, Mary Jo, because you follow it as well as anybody. What you saw from Novak down in Australia, what you saw from the American men, who obviously you know brought a lot of buzz for us anyway in the tournament. And and to be honest, a men's tournament that lacked a little buzz. Uh, Novak just won it going away. What were your impressions of just how good he was, and, and were you surprised? I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, he's definitely the one to beat every time he steps onto the court. I watched him play the warm-up tournament uh, in Adelaide, and he had tough matches, and I think that's where he tweaked his hamstring, and he still played through it and played really well. He beat Medvedev, I remember, in the semis. And and Seb Korda, Seb Korda in the and final. And yeah. saved the match point against yeah. Korda. He just seems to find that that next gear when he needs it most. Um, I was listening to your conversation with Brad, and and Brad is right when he said like his forehand was bigger mm-hmm. um, than it was in the past, and his serve is a you know sneaky good weapon now. You know, whenever he's down love thirty or thirty forty, he finds a way to get that that free point. He's more comfortable coming in. Um, you know when he. Th- Brad said he has no weaknesses, and the only thing I can think of is the one match I saw him lose last fall to Rune. Right. Uh, Rune brought him in. 
right? Mm-hmm. When it was able somehow to drop shot or hit little short angles, bring him to net and then expose a little bit of maybe that's not his favorite place to be um, at the net and, and win a lot of points that way. But how hard is that to do? Um, it's, 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 you know, the only one that we remember doing it. So it was Roger, right? but I'm going to ask you about him in a minute. A yeah, yeah. It's pretty hard to find a weakness. Um, yeah. He was so good in the final against Sitsi Pass. He gets you from both ends. He gets you when he serves now. You know, he can be aggressive. If he has to defend, he can defend. Um, and then the return. That's the best shot in the game. I mean, nobody returns better than Novak Djokovic. I don't think anybody's ever returned. I know Agassi had a great return, but he guessed a lot. You could ace him. I feel like Novak reads the serve, and then not only does he return it, but he returns it with something on it. So you're right away, you know, having to lift the ball back up. So... He's going to be tough to beat this year if he stays healthy. Well, he well, didn't play much last year. I mean, I, I, I can't believe he's number one. I know. I mean, he played and, and so Wimbled, little. Wimbled and the Wimbledon didn't points count. didn't count, right. Yeah, and he's number one. So he for sure is going to end number one this year. All right. So, hope, you know, hopefully from a tennis standpoint, he'll be able to play in Indian Wells in Miami. I just read today yeah. that he actually um, applied to get an exemption for, from the U.S. government, which he's still uh, – According to the government regulations, anyone unvaccinated is not allowed to get into the country if you're not a citizen. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but let me ask you this. If the French Open started next week, who's the favorite? Let's assume Rafa's relatively healthy. because Yeah, think if he's, Rafa's healthy, yeah. I'm still going to say Rafa. Okay. Someone who wins a tournament 14 times, to me, is a favorite every time they play, <laughs> right. even if they haven't played all year. So he becomes a different player on the clay. He becomes a different player at the French Open, best of five. That's the one tournament where I, I still feel like it's going to be Rafa to beat. Um, obviously, Novak's beaten him there before, and a lot can happen between now and then. And, you know, fitness-wise and, you know, how confident they are or how confident Rafa is going into it. But last year, I want to, if I remember correctly, Patrick, I don't think Rafa won any clay court tournaments before That's true. he got to the French. That's right. Yep. And, and that- he still won it. Um, so, to me, yeah, until he stops playing, he's going to be the favorite. The <laughs> yeah, if he goes out there and crutches, he'll be the favorite. Yeah. All right, uh, how about Alcaraz? Before I get to the American men, Alcaraz, what, do, what, do you, what are your Love expectations him. for him this year? I love watching him. He plays with so much energy. Uh, I feel like he's a combination of the, of the big three. I really do. I think he's got a little bit of each one of them. He can uh, defend aggressively like Djokovic. He can hit heavy, big forehands, you know, like Nadal. And then he's got feel and he's got, you know, a lot of, of Roger in him as well. So he's, to me, a great, you know, complete package. So if he can stay healthy, it's going to be exciting. I mean, that's the one thing we missed. We didn't get to see a... Uh, Alcaraz down in Australia and, and see how he would have pushed Djokovic. Um, but he's beaten him, you know, already. So I know he goes into matches against him with confidence, but I feel like Djokovic has set the bar even higher and now they're going to, he's going to have to keep improving. He's going to have to keep uh, getting better. That would be a great, I mean, that's a match. I think everybody wants to see Alcaraz yeah. back, you know, and then, and then Djokovic back where he is at the moment. All right. The American men, you know, Tiafo, uh, you know, good run, you know, went, lost to Hatchinoff. Korda was so impressive over Medvedev. J.J. Wolf, you know, Ben Shelton electrified the tournament. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Tommy Paul with his solid play. Uh, of those guys, which which one of those guys do you think has the best chance? Taylor Fritz, I should mention him. He's the highest ranked guy. He's uh, the highest. He didn't do that well 10. down there. Who's got the best chance to win a major? Oof. Um, I feel like Taylor believes that he can do it. I feel like mentally he's 
perhaps the strongest. Um, I think he's disappointed that the last two majors he hasn't been able to perform his best, but I feel like when he goes out there, he thinks he belongs. And I think that's obviously a big part of it. Um, I, I like how much he's improved. He's moving so much better, anticipating better, and, and he's got weapons. Um, I love Corda. I feel like, you know, he's got everything. He um, He's tall. His serve obviously can keep improving, but I felt like it was a lot better in Australia than it had been. Um, one of the best backhands out there. Very comfortable moving in. So I feel like he can break through at any time. Um, at one point in Australia, I thought maybe, wow, could this be it? Could, could right. Australian Open be the one? Yeah. So I would put those two at the top. Um, I loved what we saw from Ben Shelton. I think he's got a lot of room to improve still, but he's explosive. You know, with that serve, gosh, can you imagine if he just improves his return? Yeah, <laughs> right. Know, his return position, yeah, and his positioning on the court. Yep. He's gonna be he's gonna be a, a real pain in the butt to play against, um, and to be able to, you know, try to break. So that'll be tough. I was really happy to see Tommy Paul play so well. I feel like mentally he's gotten better too, and he's more professional. He's stronger. Uh, he's playing smarter. I just watched uh, Francis. I guess was it yesterday, or the day before, playing in Dallas. Yep. And gosh, when he's good, he's so good. You yeah. know. So for me, can he sustain it? You know, can he just really stay professional, stay committed? Um, if he can, then he can break through too. He's got so so many options out there. Such a shot maker. And then JJ Wolf, who actually beat Tiafo, who beat Tiafo yeah. in Dallas, which was to me. Oh, very, was that today? That was today. Very surprising. Yeah. It was a long wow. three setter. We're recording this just so everyone knows on Friday, uh, okay. February tenth. So it'll come out at a slightly you know later date as I get ready okay, for yeah, season so four, Mary Jo. This is big time. Okay. I can't believe you're in you know, season four holding already. Court going to season four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was so pumped up to see Ben Shelton do so well, you know, and it's been great. J.J. Wolf's another guy and, and representing college tennis because I think college tennis is coming back and um, it's, it's awesome to see. And just because of that, I just want you to know that I, I, I wore this for – hold on, let me go back so you can see. Let me see, let up. me see. That got oh, I love for, it. That's not because oh, I, I went there, it. everyone. That's because Mary Jo's son – Nicholas is going there um, to play he's tennis. Pumped. Yeah, I, he should be pumped because he's uh, yeah. he's an awesome tennis player. But more importantly, he's an excellent kid. And uh, congrats to you. I know your daughter's Thank finishing you. up at Dartmouth, which is yeah. also great. And I'm just getting ready to get started with my three daughters. The process ready. is starting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Get so we're, ready, getting, Patrick. We're, we're taking some college tours, me and my oldest daughter. So that's that's a lot of fun. But before I let you go, and I appreciate you giving me all this time, Mary Jo, Give us a little update on Roger. You're obviously, everybody knows your husband has is, is managed him yep. for his entire career. You're very close with him and his, his wife, Mirka, and their kids. Yeah. So how, how's he doing? Um, what's he doing? And did he watch the any of the Australian Open? So he's doing really well. Um, he's back home in Switzerland with his wife and his four children. And I, I, I it's funny, I didn't talk to him about watching the the tennis, but I'm sure he did. He <laughs> loves tennis. Right. All his children play tennis. One really loves it, which is uh, so fun for him uh, and his wife, Mirka. They love tennis so much. They're like, they have to play. They have to play. <laughs> well, finally, one of them really is showing a, a big interest in it. So cool. it's very, very cool to see. And he's rehabbing his knee. You know, the knee's not 100%, um, as we remember from Labor Cup. 
he's hoping maybe at some point to, to play a little bit, you know, some exos if he can. But uh, right now he's enjoying, you know, just the time at home with his family. Um, I know he's hosting the Met Ball in May in New York. Well, yeah, he's, he's got a busy social calendar. He's we got know a busy that. social yeah. calendar yeah. and a lot of sponsor responsibilities. So they're keeping him busy. My husband's keeping him very I'm, busy. I'm sure your husband's <laughs> probably busier than ever because now that he's not playing. It's crazy. It's you know, just, it's so yeah. funny because when he retired, everybody was like, oh, so now what? Like, what are you going to do now? And he's like, what do you mean? He's Roger you know, Federer. Now, right. now he has no excuse. Now he doesn't have to practice and he doesn't have to play. So now. <laughs> He's, he's he's available so yeah they're they're keeping very busy. it was cool that roger federer put out a little video of himself skiing um i'm assuming yeah. it was in switzerland during the australian yes. open and you know he's just like you know you just see him going out just like a te- in tennis just so just smooth, smooth. Yeah. so smooth so the knee i look i i actually said this to you when we were in um in connecticut covering the australian open i hope mm-hmm. that he can come because he he would still be if he could still play at a decent level you know, I know. Pe- people would love to see him, you know, play know. exhibition. Trust me. I remember Patrick, yeah. the first year he missed um, the French Open, you were commentating and you said, I'm going to miss, you know, not watching something special every time he comes right. onto the court. Because there was always a moment in a match, right, that you saw a spectacular shot or, you know, something just unique to him. And even when you just watch him practice, it's fun. It's fun to see his, his strokes and, the you know, the way he plays. So I... As a fan, I also want to see him out there again. And I and I hope I hope for him because uh, you know you know how much he loves the game. He loves to play. He you know yeah. he, he, a lot of players. I I tell this to people all the time. You know some players love to win. You know Jimmy Connors was an example. Mm-hmm. Pete Sampras, Roger Federer. You know loved to win. Obviously that's made him one of the greatest ever. Yeah. But he just I don't think I've ever met anyone that just loved to go out and just hit the ball around. You know yeah. a, a, a great player as much as him. Love, my brother still likes to play. Uh, you know, that's true. Your funny, brother gets out yeah. there every time. He Although has a he chance. said for many years he never played the senior tour and he never commentated. So I guess like how that work out. And uh, now exactly. look. Well, uh, great to have you on, Mary Jo. I appreciate Thanks for you, me, Patrick. That was, this was so much fun. So much fun. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Maybe I'll see you in Indian Wells or Miami. And all um, right, book me for season five. Are you kidding me? I might need you more in season four. Come on. <laughs> the great Mary Jo Fernandez, everyone, on Holding Court. Holding Court is powered by Mudhouse Media. 